The Cincinnati Reds are not trading Jonathan India. That creates a good problem for David Bell as we head into spring training in 2024. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily source for all things Cincinnati Reds. I'm Stephen Offenbaker. He's Jeff Carr. We love baseball. We love these Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken our love of the game, our love of this team, and we have turned that into information for you. Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's podcast, Nick Crawl had some things to say, and it turns out Jonathan India was never really going anywhere after all. Uh, Nick Crawl says Jonathan India is staying put and could even be playing a new position some of the time in 2024 uh, also after 2024 it turns out the reds are going to be losing somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 million dollars that they were counting on uh, jeff and i are going to tell you what kind of impact if any that could have on what the team does moving forward and then speaking of moves the team has made they made a small signing yesterday that we will tell you about and we'll tell you if it means anything at all for the big league club Jeff, I think a good pace to start is going to be Nick Crawl and this whole Jonathan India talk because, uh, you know, it basically, you know, to break it down to its just most basic form, it was kind of Nick Crawl saying, no, we were never really going to trade Jonathan. I mean, you know, right. guys may call, but, you know, that just happens. It's baseball. We, we love John. Right. I, I think uh, Nick Crawl was basically saying that he was the hot girl at prom and sure everybody around the hallways and stuff was calling on him, but he was never very interested. Nick Crawl had this to say. This was his exact quote. Uh, when it comes to training Jonathan India, we're not looking to move him. We have, uh, it, it, he has a chance and I, I thought I created a nice little graphic there. That didn't work. Sorry, YouTube crap. Uh, we're not looking to move him. He has a chance to be a very big contributor on our club next year. I told him that we're not looking to trade anybody. Do people get asked about? Sure. Does that happen periodically? Sure. But at the same time, we are not looking to just move him. That's been out there multiple times. And he has said that multiple times that it's not about trading India. It's about acquiring talent. It's about what are they getting back? And I got to believe that when it comes to all of these negotiations, there were, there were rumors and there were people saying that, you know, executives around the league are basically under the influence that all offers that have been sent to Cincinnati are for minor league players. Nick Carl's not interested in that. He's already done that bit of the rebuilding process. He's not trying to continue that. He's trying to add talent that's going to bring them playoff success this year. So the Reds are going to have a good problem on their hands because we've said this before. If you lay out the infield objectively, Jonathan India is not necessarily one of the four best infielders, but you can DH him. You can move people around. You can have people playing different positions. And both Nick Craw and David Bell have said it multiple times. We're going to move people around to get the best bats in the lineup. Yeah, David Bell was asked about this a little bit, too. And I mean, he said straight out, you know, Ellie and Matt are going to play shortstop. Matt and John are going to play second base. That's his quote. Uh, mm -hmm. So 
they, they have a plan. And then we probably should have just screen grabbed our text thread from yesterday where we were trying <laughs> to figure out where everybody was going to play on the infield. Here's, yeah. here's what I think really happened. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try and untangle this, all this baseball speak and say what I think really happened, Jeff. Um, the Reds were absolutely trying to trade Jonathan India. They've been trying to trade him since probably the second half of last season because they see the writing on the wall and eventually they're going to run out of ways to play all these guys. Uh, I think that what we have said has ultimately held true. And that is that the Reds value Jonathan India way higher than anybody in baseball values Jonathan India. And at the end of the day, Nick crawl is simply not getting the types of offers for Jonathan that he wants that he can that he can sell from a PR standpoint to the fan base in Cincinnati and say look what we got by trading away our former rookie of the year. Uh, all that being said, Jonathan India is going to start the year in 2024 with the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, he's going to play almost every day and I hope that that really raises his value because eventually moves are going to have to start being made and you know, the Reds are going to need to get a good return when they start trading guys away. So I think that that's what the Reds will be looking to do. And which, and that's something that you and I said was a distinct mm -hmm. possibility of happening that Jonathan was going to come back. He's going to be playing in 2024 and hopefully his value goes up and he becomes part of that all-star break trade deadline deal that helps the Reds bring something in that they're lacking in 2024 that will push them over the top to be not only a National League Central contender, but a World Series contender. Well, and what also do we add to the idea that the Reds probably value him more than other teams? We also said that his value to the Reds is probably best on the team than in a trade right now, because there's there's probably the, the, the position that Nick Crawl was going into all of these calls is we got this guy that we have to have in our lineup every day, no matter where we put him. And the response from other general managers was probably like, all right, well, where are we supposed to put him? That's, that's probably ultimately how that shook out. And, and whether or not good players were added into the trade on the other side is irrelevant because other general managers were trying to figure out exactly what to do with him. And the interesting part about that is the, the, the good problem that I mentioned David Bell's going to have with all of this is the difficulty will be how the infield shakes up against right-handed pitching. Now that we know India is going to be here at least to start the season and we have uh, everybody else on the infield as well because the Reds face right-handers the majority of the time. Don't know if you know this or not. Most people are right-handed when it comes to throwing a baseball. And yeah, I know not you, but you are not employed by a major league baseball franchise to throw. Yes. A baseball. I um, am not employed <laughs> yet. You put right. some respect on that, sir. I am yeah, not giving get, up on my dreams. You stop it. Yeah. You get back to working on that. Uh, but when it comes to <laughs> where India is going to fill out, where Steers going to fill out, where, where McLean and Ellie, like, I don't necessarily know that we have the idea and everybody wants this. We don't have the idea of an everyday eight. There's going to be so many different lineups with this team. And I think that's a good problem. Let's, let's unpack that for just a second. Cause, cause you're, you're right up against what the real problem is going to be against right-handed pitching. The outfield is versus right-handed pitching. The reds outfield is going to be Fraley, Benson and Friedel all yeah. left handers in the outfield. Most spots means, in the outfield. That means if you want Spencer steer, to play every day when they are facing a right-handed pitcher, he's either got to come to the infield or be the DH. So let's just say for simplicity's sake, he becomes the DH. 
Okay. And yes, we do want Spencer Steer playing. We want him playing every yeah, day. We want him playing every day. So now you've got Noelvi Marte at third. You've got Elliot shortstop. Who's playing second base? I'm saying Matt McClain in this lineup yep. that we're talking about right this second. You put Matt McClain at second base. Where does Jonathan India go? Well, David Bell and Nick Crawl have a little plan they're cooking up for that. They're talking about getting him some time at first base. My yep. problem is in that lineup, that hypothetical, we're facing a right-handed pitcher today. If the choice for me is CES or Jonathan India, because now Spencer Steer is playing the DH to keep him in the lineup, I'm picking CES in that lineup. Of course, Tyler Stevenson at catcher. So Jonathan India versus right-handed pitching is an odd man out. It yeah. is right now. Right now, today's roster, Jonathan India is an odd man out no matter what they do. And I, I know that baseball typically works out in a fashion where somebody's probably going to get hurt or someone's going to go on a deep slump or you know, maybe even require a stint in AAA or something like that. And then the infield depth will shake out how it needs to be. But yes, if everyone's healthy and everyone's playing well, I, I mean, I'm not sure how India fits in on an everyday basis here, but I think that's a good problem to have because we're talking about depth. We're talking about good players filling out these positions and it's not because of you know positional inflexibility it's simply because the reds have so many good players on the infield and that's kind of why we talked about last trade deadline the reds have a guy that they could probably deal and, and and we talked about it a couple of years ago when they got these dudes it's like okay you got a lot of middle infielders are you going to be able to play that many no you got to figure out what you're going to do with them maybe in a trade and even just thinking for a minute about where Jonathan India can move last year, his defense, according to outs above average was actually slightly better than his rookie campaign. He did bounce back defensively, but we still know with the eye test that he's not exactly the best defender on this roster. So does he fit in the DH spot? Well, then Spencer Steve's got to play in the field. And then you're moving Noel V Marte out from third base, or you're moving CES out from first base and there's an argument to be had like how many middle of the lineup boppers do the reds have available Th this is a good problem this is something we will discuss at length as the offseason continues and as we head into spring training because the reds definitely have a lot of folks and by the way right now noel v Marte dealing with a hamstring issue so there is a chance that that extends and they need this depth that they've got and, and just to finish out the thought not only the injury thought there but mm -hmm. when we talk about this lineup and the available at-bats, the available playing time. There is a little bit more at-bats to be found there because guys are going to get days off. So yeah. as the season goes on, Jonathan India or whoever that designated utility guy is going to be, and I think it's going to be India, uh, will get spot starts for guys' days off. So when they mention him playing first base, okay, uh, I can see him them wanting India to have that in his tool bag to help with days off. Uh, we already think he can probably take an occasional start. Please not very many, but an occasional start at third base. I don't like his arm over there. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah. the defensive metrics support him as a third baseman. But if you had to put him in there to get him his playing time and Noel he was drafted as a third baseman, he could play there. Um, I don't really want to see India at shortstop. I, I think there's other scoots to be made. You move McLean back over for Ellie. You put Ellie at third. You can do other things and get India in the lineup as well. Just back at second base so there's there's some at bats there that but there's no additional at bats now if if you're if you're shoehorning 
Jonathan Indy in, in the scenario we've just described, that's it. So Jose Barrero, you're not playing, buddy. Anybody else that they add to be bench bats, you're only going to be available as a pinch hitter in a time of need. Uh, that's right. really going to be your job because everything else is just jam-packed. And speaking of th this whole thing, like um, Jonathan India, we, we talked about the idea of maybe him being the next super utility, the guy that kind of slots into the Kyle Farmer role that we had or Spencer Steer or something like that. Um, I was surprised by this, but that would actually be asking him to do something he's never done. In his three years in the major leagues with the Reds, he has played second base and DH. That's it. He's literally logged no appearances at any other position. And that surprised the heck out of me because I looked at baseball reference, fan graphs, and baseball savant to, to verify that. And that's, that's exactly what it is. So the Reds not trading Jonathan India is actually creating a good problem for David Bell. It's giving them a lot of depth when creating this lineup. Speaking of problems, though, Steve, uh, there's one looming on the horizon that the Reds need to figure out, and really all of Major League Baseball. I'll tell you what that is coming up next. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is Jace Medical. You know, when it comes to uh, talking sports, it's all about escaping real life for most of us, right? I mean, the reality is real life can be a little bit annoying, and sports can be comforting. But let's talk for just a minute about preparing for a tough situation, because whether you're on extended travel or bracing for a major weather event or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply, even ED generics like Cialis or Viagra. Jace Medical has the Jace case. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the promo code locked on to get $20 off your order. Again, that's J A S E medical.com and the promo code L O C K E D O N. Thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every single day. Every day is coming up on tomorrow's show. Are prospects untradeable? And if it feels like deja vu, I feel like we've had this conversation multiple off seasons, but Hey, it's that time again. Everybody's favorite time. Our prospects untradeable. We're going to discuss that coming up on tomorrow's podcast. And by the way, locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on sports today is here for you. 24 seven covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every league. Go to locked on sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Speaking of streaming and television and all of that wonderful stuff, uh, <clears throat> Steve, the Reds' financial future is a bit up in the air because reports have surfaced that Diamond Sports, the parent company of Valley Sports, is planning to just pull the plug. They're done after the 2024 season, which means the Reds are going to lose roughly $60 million. They don't share the books, but that's where we understand their revenue deal with Valley Sports to be. Roughly $60 million in revenue will just disappear after the 2024 season. 
Jeff, it's it's interesting. You know, $60 million is a lot of money, and the Reds are going to have mm. to figure this out. I, I, I want to be clear. The Reds are not going to lose $60 million. They're going to get $60 million or more from a different source. And there is some uncertainty as to what that source is going to be, how things are going to look. Baseball is going to have to reinvent its model. Yes, Valley Sports is not going to be writing a $60 million check to Bob Castellini and the Cincinnati Reds. But baseball is not going away. Baseball has already said the broadcasts are not going away. They already have plans in place for alternate platforms, whether that's signing deals with your local cable company, like a lot of college sports do, whether they create, you know, regional baseball channels themselves spun out of MLB network, they could do that. But what is more likely and what everybody else has done and what baseball has been lagging on is simply just being a streamer. Uh, we've seen it with hockey. You can get every single hockey game pretty much every single night on ESPN+. Plus. We've seen it with the NFL now going with Sunday Ticket to YouTube as a streamer. Uh, this is where things are going. I imagine at the end of the day, each of the teams will be available as a streaming package uh, that's much bigger, much broader than what MLB.TV has been. And I think the blackouts will finally 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 go away so that i can sit here by the beach and watch these west coast teams that i haven't been in. oh my god jeff i'm gonna start yelling because every team in the west coast is blacked out and here on the beach in hawaii that is a heck of a blackout zone that's really stupid i i've never really understood that for you but no and, and i think that you know the reds uh senior vice president of business operations karen forgus kind of echoed that confidence but not necessarily like she didn't come out and say yeah we got a plan in place but she said 2024 is business as usual and when she was kind of pressed she was talking at the winter meetings about all of this and she, when she was pressed about the future she's just like look we're focused on this year and when the future comes the future will will handle them when we get there but i think you're right i think that there is you know plans in place because it's not just the reds that are having this problem. The Reds are one of 11 teams that Bally Sports currently still broadcast for that it's just not going to be a thing for them anymore, including the Cleveland Guardians. Now, the Reds, because they have some skin in the game and, and the Castellinis are part owners of their relationship with the Bally Sports group, uh, they're going to get their revenue payment for 2024. The Guardians are one of the teams that are not sure if they're getting their revenue payment from Bally Sports for 2024. And so they are currently sitting out free agency because of that. So there's a lot of folks that are attributing that to the Reds possibly cutting payroll next year because of all this. That's not where I see this going. Where I see this going is a total reimagination of how baseball shares its revenue. And that is even more so, not necessarily scary, but definitely an uncertainty for the future of baseball because that's going to require a battle. I mean, let's not be too dramatic about it, but it's basically going to be a fight between the owners and the players union because the players do not want a salary cap and what follows revenue sharing, but a salary cap. I mean, that's going to be the eventuality of all of this. And I really think that this is a legitimate concern for the future of baseball. Because looking at this and, and just kind of giving a little bit more context, San Diego and Arizona dealt with Bally Sports pulling the rug out from underneath them last year. Major League Baseball was able to step in and give them a remedy. Now, that remedy was not 100% of the revenue that they were due. 
from Bally Sports. According to reports, they got about 80% of what they were expecting from that from the streaming thing that Major League Baseball set up. Major League Baseball has already come out and said for the other 11 teams, including the Reds, they cannot do that because part of what the revenue sharing was was Major League Baseball was able to supplement that through their national TV deals and through other stuff. They can't do that for 11 teams. So that's where they created this thing. And according to Evan Drellich, they created an economics uh, reform committee, basically, that is already basically putting their ducks in a row for a fight for 2026. And, and when you say economic reform committee, I hear dun, dun, dun in my yeah, like, head. Like the advisors, come, the bobs or whatever. Yeah, in the that space. is where... Yeah. That is where the fight is going to come from because there's going to be specific yeah. recommendations made by this committee. And, and you're absolutely right. One of those recommendations is going to be a salary cap. And 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 this this show, this episode today, is not to discuss the merits, pros, right, cons right, right. of a salary cap. That's but a whole it is worth mentioning because I think people need to start wrapping their head around it. Because when this fight goes down, you and I have both said this on the air before. When this fight actually happens, we will lose a year of baseball because it is going to be the biggest knockdown, drag out contract negotiation baseball has ever seen when this finally comes to the table. And I, I think this reimagining of how they're doing the broadcast and the revenue from the broadcast is going to be the final straw that pushes that over the top where they actually will bring it to the table. So that that's just to put that on the horizon for everybody that 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 loves baseball and has to follow this in the short term, Jeff. Uh, I don't think there will be one single game that is not broadcast in 2025. Uh, there will be some kind of a stopgap plan put in place while they figure out the overall economic reform. Uh, the easiest, simplest way I think is they'll sell streaming packages until they really get to the nuts and bolts of how to to reimagine this whole thing. Uh, baseball has a lot of money. Baseball makes a lot of money. Uh, I think the last national deal they signed was for a billion dollars, if I remember correctly, over X number of years. Uh, and that was when they were still dealing with all of the COVID logistics. They managed to get that deal done. So for me, they're not going to run on money. Baseball's not going off the air. Uh, I am interested to see how this impacts some of the broadcasting teams throughout baseball. Uh, I'm interested to see how this impacts the Reds broadcasting team because they're already a little overstaffed just with the kind of sweetheart deal that they gave Barry Larkin where he doesn't have to travel where he only calls the home games in Cincinnati so it will be interested it'll be interesting to see how that plays out uh you know I love the crew that the Reds have right now there's a lot of talent broadcasting the Reds games and I'll be sad if we lose any of them uh but that's going to be part of this too as we see Bali begin to cut back as they near the end, I, I wonder what the broadcast team will look like next year. No, I do. I do agree with that, but I, I, I definitely see this, the, the, the whole uncertainty and all this other stuff. This is a microcosm of what the league is, is going to do because I mean, there is a national TV, like, like we said, major league baseball signed a great national TV deal. It's nothing compared to the NFL or the NBA and what they share with their teams on a revenue sharing basis. It's, it's like maybe a third of that. 
so yeah, they share revenue with each team, but it's not like a ton of money that's going to be able to supplement the regional model that's been in place for so long. Plus you talk about the disparities of the regional model for the New York teams and the Chicago teams and the LA teams compared to the Reds and the the Brewers and the Twins, the Twins have already lost their Valley Sports deal and so they're they're trying to figure their thing out. So there's so much that is going on around the league that what has been reported for the Reds it's only just a pick, uh, only just a part of the picture. The, this whole picture is going to be figured out not on a a local basis. I think this is where Major League Baseball steps in and takes the national thing, makes the streaming thing a a, a, a deal. It's not going to be because remember they tried this whole Bally Sports Plus thing. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like a a Cincinnati Reds Plus thing or a, or a Milwaukee Brewers Plus thing. It's it's going to mm-hmm. be on a team by team basis, and I think that there's going to be a link back to the league as a whole. And that's where the revenue sharing is really going to come into play. Well, this is what we know. The reds aren't going away. We're going to get to see the games, the reds financial future. It's in flux a little bit, but then again, so is major league baseball as a whole. This will be an important story. Uh, We'll continue to pay attention to it and we will keep you updated as updates happen, but the teams are still spending money, at least a little bit. Some of them and the reds spent a little bit of money yesterday too. They made a small, tiny little move we're going to tell you who they signed and what it means coming up next you can follow us between episodes on all of the social media platforms find us on x if you want to talk some baseball with us you can follow me at s offenbaker that's with two f's you can follow jeff at jeff Carr. that's jeff with three f's spelling's always been hard for him and you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. You can also join our Discord community. Lots of great talk over there. There is a link down in the show's description if you want to join us and talk a little baseball over on Discord. And if you haven't done so yet, get over to InsideTheReds.com. We talk about baseball all the time. Now we're writing about baseball a little bit over there on Sports Illustrated's Cincinnati Reds website. Uh, Jeff's there all the time. I'm there a little bit. You've also got James Rapine. You've also got Audie Elmore. You've got uh, the team is growing. Rick's over there now, right? I mean, there's just more and more more and more talented writers joining on every day. It is a great hub to get your Reds information in written form when you can't listen all the time. So check that out as well. All right, Jeff, the Reds made a little tiny, teeny, tiny kind of signing. They signed Eric Gonzalez. When's the press conference? When's he holding up the jersey, Jeff? Uh, they don't really do press conferences for minor league signing, Steve, because uh, <laughs> is, that's what this is. This is a minor league signing with an invite to spring training. Dude spent all of 2023 in the White Sox AAA team in Charlotte. If you, can't, if you couldn't break into the 2023 uh major league roster for the white Sox. I got some doubts about this one, but I mean, he's a utility infielder. He could be pushing maybe Jose Barrero for that. You, that last spot on the bench. Uh, he's never played more than 81 games in a season. And that was his last year in Cleveland. He's, he's played parts of his career with the guardians, with the pirates and with the uh, last stint in the majors was with the Marlins for 16 games in 2022. So this isn't like a huge signing. He can play all the positions in the infield at an average kind of rate when it comes to fielding. Um, his career batting average, 242. Career uh, OPS, it's like 615. You know, it's not, not really impressing anybody here. This, this brings into question 
because I mean, it's, it's a guy to maybe compete a little bit, maybe just be spring training depth. I'm not really sure. This makes me wonder is Jose Barrero, like a roster lock at this point. Yes, he is. If, yeah. if you look at the Reds 40 man right now, if you look at what's really in the system as far as double A AA and triple A goes, uh, Jose Barrero is making this team. And, and and you can go back to Nick Crawl's comments all the way back when they made the decision on Joey Votto and 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 Crawl started talking. Yeah, he included about Barrero. Yeah. He included Barrero. Barrero is going to be on this team barring injury on opening day. Uh, does he stay on this team? I don't know. I think uh, I think Jose Barrero is your 2020, 2024 version of Nick Senzel. He's going to be expendable. He's going to be the guy that you know they may outright just release uh, if Blake Dunn comes on hot and they need a spot on the active roster. It could just be uh, thanks Jose for your service and hit the road. Uh, this signing of Eric Gonzalez I think is nothing more than Goodyear depth. They need a lot of players to get through spring training. Uh, I would be surprised if if Gonzalez is still on the roster anywhere in the system when they leave Goodyear. Um, if he does stick around, if he accepts a minor league assignment and, and goes and play in Louisville, he'll be in Louisville as at an emergency emergency guy. Um, it, it doesn't really factor, but you know what it did accomplish was getting us to kind of take a, a, a deeper look at the at the roster and how it relates back mm -hmm. to Jose Barrero and. You know, not only is Jose Barrero, I think, a lock for the roster, but he's also not going to play. Um, the more and more we look at this, unless they truly view him, and God help us if this is true, <laughs> if they view I... him as the right-handed half of a Fralier Benson platoon as an outfielder in 2024, there are some big problems, and we need to have a serious discussion about that at some point in time. Uh, but the way I see it, they got to go sign a big right-handed bat in the outfield. Jose Barrero has got to be an emergency playing time only kind of guy. Uh, someone needs to make David Bell sit on his hands during the game and not allow him to put Jose Barrero in all the time. He can't be this next year's Kevin Newman is what I'm saying. Right. So um, I, I, this was interesting, this signing, Jeff, because again, it just, it made me take a look at Jose Barrero and just how unnecessary Jose Barrero really is in 2024. It's it's, it's unfortunate. And, and I mean, you go back two years ago and we were talking about Jose Barrero, man, could he be the guy at shortstop for this team? And now it's just like, <laughs> the guy, could he be the guy at the end of the bench? Like that that's really where his, his upside is at this point. And to be honest with you, like when you look at how this roster shakes out on the bench, that's really where we keep banging the drum that they at least need some sort of platoon right-handed outfield bat, if not an everyday right-handed outfield bat, because the bench for the outfield is Barrero, Fairchild, and Nick Martini, and then after that, you got to look at, like, TJ Hopkins, or are they going to give Reese Hines some playing time? Like, there's very uninspiring options on the bench, and look, Nick Martini is is fine as as a pinch hit dude, but he's another left handed bat. Is is he really going to get a start over Fraley or Friedel or Benson? No, he should not do that against right handed pitching. And then against left handed pitching, I don't think Nick Martini is going to see the field. So that that's a that's another spot on the bench that's a little bit weird. Maybe you put him in the infield, but then we've already talked about that. The infield is stacked, packed, and loaded. Don't think you got any chances there for playing time for Nick Martini, let alone, you know, 
uh, Jose Barrero and Jonathan India is on the outside looking in of all that. So you're definitely looking at those guys as just bench options. That's that's an interesting point to me is that, okay, maybe you need a right-handed outfielder. Maybe you need two because that means that Stuart Fairchild's probably on this team on opening day along with Jose Barrero. And that's an interesting conundrum. Yeah, they definitely have to go out and get one for sure. Um, yes. I, I, I still have hope that hopefully sooner than later, Blake Dunn can make his way and, and continue to develop. And he would be the other right-handed guy, but absolutely no power there. So they've got to go out and sign a power bat that hits. That's a, that's a right-handed batter. They, they have to absolutely have to. Yeah. And I think that is basically where we're going in today's podcast. Thanks everybody so much for checking out today's lockdown reds podcast. If you are not subscribed, make sure you do so that way you don't miss anything we've got coming for you all off season long because lockdown reds is part of the lockdown podcast network. We're your team every day and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms for those everydayers coming up on tomorrow's podcast. Are prospects untradeable? Spoiler alert, no. So, But we're going to tell you why on tomorrow's Lockdown Reds. Until then, Steve, what can people expect from you and me? Well, we're going to keep monitoring things down in Nashville and see if any moves are made. Hopefully, Shohei Otani will sign somewhere so that everybody else will make a move. We'll gather up all the rumors, all the transactions, all the information. We'll bring it right back here to keep you locked on Reds every single day. Just rude of Otani to hold up the whole market like no. that. So selfish. Gosh. <laughs>